welcome to PKFO Connor Davies Podcast, Nonprofits Insight Out. I'm Lenore Sanchez, Senior Audit Manager specializing in nonprofit organizations. Today's topic is the concepts, benefits, and risks of fiscal sponsorships. Joining us once again to provide insight on this topic are Garrett Higgins and Eva Maruk. Garrett and Eva are partners serving on our exempt organization tax and advisory services group. I am super excited to be here with you today because I understand that you will be sharing what is one of the best kept secrets from nonprofit organizations. Garrett, can you tell us what a fiscal sponsorship is? Sure, Lenore. A fiscal sponsorship is a framework used by charitable organizations to support a charitable project that either cannot or chooses to not function as an independent organization. Essentially, the sponsor provides its tax-exempt status and associated benefits to another group, usually a charitable project. I imagine that not just any organization can be a fiscal sponsor. Can you share with us who can be a fiscal sponsor and what projects can be covered by a fiscal sponsorship arrangement? Fiscal sponsors are charitable organizations that provide fiduciary oversight, financial management, and other administrative services over charitable projects. A typical example of a fiscal sponsor is a community foundation. A fiscal project is an activity or program that is conducted in accordance with purposes described in 501c3 that should generally be aligned with the overall mission of the sponsoring charity. There are different models under fiscal sponsorship arrangements, and none are one-size-fits-all. Eva, can you speak to the different models? Under the umbrella of fiscal sponsorships, there are six models. Two of the more common ones are known as Model A and Model C. Model A is a comprehensive approach where the project is housed within the fiscal sponsor and becomes an internal program of the fiscal sponsor. The project has no separate legal existence. The assets and liabilities of the project are the assets and liability of the fiscal sponsor. The sponsee gives up all of its ownership and control over the project, and generally its people become the employees, volunteers, or other agents of the fiscal sponsor who are then responsible for operating the project. If there is fundraising by the sponsee for the project, they are fundraising as agents on behalf of the fiscal sponsor, and any funds received are earmarked for the fiscal sponsor's restricted fund for the specific project. And why? It's because the sponsee lacks the tax-exempt status required to allow for deductible contributions. It's called a comprehensive model because the fiscal sponsor is hands-on when taking the project under its wings. This means everything. And it's a big responsibility. The fiscal sponsor acts in a role of a trusted partner, a coach, a mentor, until the project can thrive on, on its own and spin off. The alternative is Model C. It's also known as the pre-approved grant approach. Here there's a grantor and a grantee relationship, and the fiscal sponsor plays a more limited role compared to Model A. But the key point in either model is that the sponsor has to have ultimate discretion and control and oversight where the funds are distributed. The sponsor cannot just act as an intermediary and have 
the funds just passed through. And it's a concept called variance power and earmarking of funds, which is not allowed. Otherwise, this can be viewed as a conduit relationship, which can have negative consequences. Eva mentioned that there are six models and provided us with insight on two of them. Garrett, can you speak to the four less common models? The four other models are Model B, commonly referred to as the independent contractor model. Under this model, the entire project is conducted by an independent contractor who the sponsor engages to produce results. Model D, known as the group exemption model. Under this model, the sponsor has to have applied for or received a group exemption from the IRS. It allows each project in the group to have its own 501c3 tax status without applying for it, therefore enabling the project to receive deductible donations directly since the project is covered under the 501c3 umbrella of the sponsor. Model L, formerly known as Model E, is the limited liability company model. Under this model, the 501c3 fiscal sponsor serves as the single member, sole owner of a charitable LLC. The LLC is treated as a disregarded entity and is essentially a program of the sponsor, making it similar to Model A. Model F, the technical assistance model, and under this model, the project has applied for and received its own 501c3 status. However, the financial management assistance is provided by the sponsor. That's helpful. There are six models and it's always good to have options. What type of organizations or projects can benefit from a fiscal sponsorship arrangement? So you're asking who are the users of fiscal sponsorships? Well, for starters, there are the new groups, those who are unsure of sustainability and viability, those who want to start a new not-for-profit but are not ready to step into the waters because they do not know how to swim. So let's keep in mind that operating a new not-for-profit can be challenging and a difficult path. The formation from a legal and tax aspect is a long and costly process. But aside from jumping through all those hoops, there is a commitment that is required. What if it doesn't have the infrastructure, the capacity? What if it lacks management experience and all it wants to do is simply focus on its charitable mission? So those who want to test projects and innovative ideas, experiment, can test it out with a fiscal sponsor. Then there are groups that are incorporated, started activities, but may have pending tax exempt status. And there may be a big fundraising opportunity, and without the IRS tax exemption letter, the grant may be denied. So the sponsor can act as a temporary incubator. Fiscal sponsorships may be for those also who want to further social movements, individuals seeking grants. It's common sometimes with artists and filmmakers. Also, fiscal sponsorship can save distressed organizations who are in need of support and organizations run all by volunteers. So lastly, keep in mind that not-for-profits should have a perpetual existence. So fiscal sponsorship is also for those who intend to operate short-term projects of short duration or time-sensitive projects as well. There are generally benefits and risks to most things. Garrett, can you speak to the benefits of a fiscal sponsorship? Some benefits sponsored organizations receive from entering into fiscal sponsorships are 
obtaining the look and feel of having its own 501c3 status. This eliminates the need for the product to apply to the IRS for exempt status, which can typically take six to eight months or longer. It provides for immediate ability for the product to accept tax-deductible donations, including access to private foundation grants. Private foundations generally give grants to established charitable organizations recognized by the IRS. Fiscal sponsorships provide immediate access to these grants. Reducing startup and annual expenses of sponsored organizations, including accounting and bookkeeping services, minimizing administration fees by leveraging the sponsor's personnel. Attorney's fees, there's no need for new governing documents. Accounting fees, no need for separate returns, audited financial statements. Project activity is reported in the 990 and the annual audit of the sponsor. State registration and fees, state solicitation is included under the sponsor's tax exempt status and registrations. So no need for sponsored organizations to register in the various states. Another benefit is that fiscal sponsors act as philanthropic counsel, so to speak. It can provide assistance in defining the project charitable objectives and finding solutions to carry them out, as well as providing immediate name recognition to the fiscal project. It appears as if those benefits could expose charitable projects to a greater amount of donors for a more successful outcome. Garrett, you shared significant and valuable benefits to the organization being sponsored. However, Eva, are there any risks that the fiscal sponsor should be aware of? The famous quote spoken by Warren Buffett comes to mind, risk comes from not knowing what you are doing. One risk is the loss of project control. So fiscal sponsors are both legally and fiscally responsible for, for the project it sponsors, and it must exercise control over the project funds. Two is the loss of tax-exempt status. So private enormment, excess benefit transactions, lobbying, and unrelated business income can all put a fiscal sponsor in hot water. The project needs to promote the sponsor's mission. So mission alignment and mission match is important. Uh, the sponsor's tax exemption is on the line. And we see this in a number of cases where fiscal sponsorships have gone wrong. And it does serve as a big reminder of the risk if it's if it's not done correctly. So one out there is where the attorney general is looking to sue to dissolve a 501c3 not-for-profit fiscal sponsor that provided 99% of its total grant making to its related for-profit corporation. And the big picture issues involved were whether the not-for-profit failed to comply with its organization and operational requirements, whether it violated the prohibition against private enormment and a slew of other corporate governance and violations related to its management structure. Wow, it really sounds as if they went off the rails. Oh, yes. You can, you can say that again. Fiscal sponsorship does need to be done right. Agreed. And wait, there, there is more. Um, there are risk management issues and reputational risks. This can actually be either a pro or a con. And it can, of course, enhance reputation in the community when the not-for-profit is doing good, but also can have a disastrous and damaging impact when the not-for-profit is doing bad. 
one other case involved a fiscal sponsor who commingled funds from different projects and failed to be a responsible steward of charitable funds. And as a result, the reputations of all involved were damaged. So remember that fundraising is conducted under the fiscal sponsor's name. So the appropriate level of care should be exercised to protect its reputation. There's that famous quote, it takes years to build a reputation and minutes to ruin it. And that should be in the front of the minds of all fiscal sponsors. True, true. There are many benefits to charitable projects without 501c3 status, but sponsoring organizations should be cautious. There are pros and cons to fiscal sponsorship arrangements. What best practices should the fiscal sponsor keep in mind? Fiscal sponsors should ensure projects are mission aligned, satisfy charitable purposes, and do not conduct jeopardizing transactions. Some examples of risky transactions would be lobbying or political activity or transactions that provide a private benefit. Sponsors should maintain a minimum level of engagement over the project. At a minimum, the fiscal sponsor must retain control and discretion of the use of the funds, maintain records demonstrating that the funds were used for exempt purposes, and limit distributions to projects that further the sponsor's exempt purpose. A common best practice is holding all fiscally sponsored project funds in separate banking accounts and maintaining separation from other programming. Sponsors should have sufficient operational resources and to engage in the projects and oversee fundraising. Sponsors should ensure it has sufficient resources to handle the project and that project personnel are in compliance with fundraising laws. The agreement should be in writing, a written contract, is key to ensure the fiscal sponsorship operates effectively. The contract should be reviewed by council, include things such as the nature and term of the relationship, the model of the fiscal sponsorship, ownership of intellectual property, define fees charged, and outline the process for holding and dispersing funds. It should also have a termination clause that addresses under what conditions either party can end the relationship and how remaining funds should be handled should that occur. If the sponsorship is a Model C grant arrangement, the sponsor should exercise expenditure responsibility. This process entails a pre-grant inquiry, a written grant agreement, and requires the grantee to report in writing how it used the funds. Well, no best kept secrets here. We like to provide our PKFOD not-for-profit family and friends knowledge and insight to add value to their mission. Garrett and Eva, thank you for doing so and for sharing your expertise with us today. PKFO Connor Davies serves a wider range of nonprofit entities. For more information and or to connect to Garrett or Eva, who specialize exclusively in nonprofit tax matters, please visit our website at pkfod.com. Until next time, nonprofits, insight out.